welcome once again to the Speaking of Tangents podcast, a podcast for your ears. I'm Jason. On today's show, we'll get a little serious in one part, but mostly it's just still a bunch of nonsense. Enjoy, I guess. And I'm KJ, and what the heck? This podcast could be for whatever you want it to be for, like, say, your elbow. Speaking of which, today's podcast is brought to you by Elbow Pads. Protective gear for sports and outdoors. Elbow pads. It's like knee pads, but for your elbow. In this episode, Jason and I review our week in Week in Review. And then we'll actually get serious for a moment when we talk about the passing of Chris Cornell. And then we dive right into a quiz, quiz, quiz. Later, we'll play Do We Have a Guest, where you find out the answer to the question, Do We Have a Guest? And finally, we'll wrap it up with some feedback from you and ridiculous Amazon reviews. All that, plus several conversational tangents. In a week, things happen. Yes, they do. And now we'll review. Yes, we will. Those things that happened. The things that happened. It's the speaking of tangents. Week in review. Well, here we go again. Jason. Yes, here we go again. (laughs) (laughs) What's up with you this week? You know what? Good is up because we have reached the milestone of episode 40. Our podcast is officially a man. Wow. That's wow. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's a wow. That's pretty cool, though. Definitely. It's actually probably more like 43 because some episodes we didn't title in the beginning. We didn't number. Hey, don't be adding extra years onto this now. Yeah, but who's counting? Officially a man today. Yes. Or whenever you listen to episode 40. Correct. Yes. What's been going on with you this week? Well, you know, la- the past this past weekend was Mother's Day. It was? <laughs> I'm sure yeah, I'm you were kidding. aware, right? Um, you had only an because inkling. I am married and <laughs> she keeps me up to date with this holiday business. Okay. Well, my mom and stepdad actually came to us for Mother's Day. Oh, cool. We had it planned for a while, so they 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 could come up and help us plant our garden. And the weekend that Oh, that's nice. Yeah, so the weekend that worked for them just happened to be Mother's Day. So it was nice, but no, we didn't just bring them up here to, you know, get them to put them to work on Mother's Day. <laughs> we put them to work on Saturday, not Mother's Day, just in case you're wondering. Now, yeah, when they come to visit, is this a two lawnmower situation like when my dad and mom come to visit? <laughs> no. Or is this okay? No, this is this is do whatever you want, stepdad. Because <laughs> you're going to do it better than I. <laughs> Work on as much as you want. Yes. Okay. So, um, and and to and to clarify, I'm okay. That's cool with me too. I just have to give my dad stuff to do, or he will come up with stuff on his own. That if I go like out to the store to pick up, you know, a, you know, whatever, like a, a bag of chips, I come back and he's done like 400 things around my house. <laughs> And rearranged my garage and, you know, painted a room a different color. And it's just the, I have to channel that energy into 
stuff that we actually want done or feel like yeah, is necessary. Yeah. And, or otherwise, I'm going to spend the next six months trying to find stuff in my garage. No, he's not like that at all. He's perfectly happy just sitting and relaxing, too. He doesn't feel the need to go do anything. Um, That's good. He's very willing to help when we ask, which is why, you know, they came up to plant the garden and we mm-hmm. weeded up, we weeded a flower garden, which weeding is horrible. I hate weeding. I don't know that anybody likes weeding, but I absolutely I loathe say, weeding. Yeah. <laughs> so we had to weed the garden and um, we weed the flower garden and then we put a chicken wire fence up mm. around the garden so that the rabbits. You have chickens? And, no, but rabbits and deer. Mm-hmm. Now, I know deer can get over chicken wire, but in the space that we have, it's kind of hard for them to get up and over and then up and over. So they don't bother it with chicken wire. Wouldn't that be deer and rabbit wire then? You'd think so, but they just call it standard chicken wire. Is that the like official name of it, or is that just like the colloquial term that we use? Is it actually called chicken wire? Like if I went like to Home Depot or Lowe's or some, you know, is Ace? Is that Ace Hardware? Ace, that still yeah. Exists? Yep. Um, if I went to one of those places, would it actually say like chicken wire on like the the label, like on the shelf or on the package? And is it like a brand name chicken wire? Is it like, you no. know, I'm going to Google this instead of saying I'm going to search on the internet or is it like chicken wire? Is it I like a brand or is it just like a loose term that we kind of attach to this? Is it a type, I guess I should I say? I think it's probably a loose term. I think that it's actually referred to as poultry fencing or something like that. Oh. So chicken wire is actually better than poultry fencing. Isn't it? I agree. I think so. Yeah, easier to remember and say. Yeah. So, but we got a lot done. We were exhausted on Saturday. Uh, thanks, Mama and Chuck, if you're listening. Actually, thanks even if you're not listening. And then Sunday, we just relaxed. <laughs> Took her, took her out awesome. to brunch. We made a fire. We have a fire ring in our yard. And uh, you know what? We tried s'mores one more time. Did the flames get higher? Because uh, <laughs> it burned, burned, burned? The flames did get higher around mm-hmm. the ring of fire, yes. Okay. And I, I just am not a s'mores fan. I ended up toasting more marshmallows. I shouldn't say that. Ah. Someone else toasted for me because I have no patience. I always set them on fire way too early. Well, I think I thought we covered on Twitter, like after that episode, yes. that setting them on fire is the way to go. Yes, but not immediately. You need to let them sit in a little bit before you set them on fire. No, I, I don't have any patience for that either. Yeah, so I, so I had one s'more and that was enough. I just like the marshmallows. So we sat out there, though, and it was a beautiful weekend. Not so much now. It's been pouring for four straight days and it's 50 you degrees me? out. It's 50 degrees. It's freezing. Last weekend, it was 80. Wow. Yes. But to get back to your, you know, your camp out, um, are you saying you didn't want some more s'mores? I am saying I did not want some more s'mores. Okay. I knew but, that would be a question that came up, so I, I felt it was necessary to ask. You know, you were, you were, you're pressured in, in, in what people might ask, so there you go. I'm something, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we planted quite a bit, and I should by we I mean the, my stepdad in the Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. I spent my entire time weeding the strawberry patch that's located within the garden. You got the raw end of that deal. Yes, I did, but by choice. The Hall of oh, Famer okay. is much more interested in, much more excited about planting than I am. 
I'm not. Well, uh, I think I think everybody's more excited about planting, planting than, than weeding. Yeah. So you know, I just let them Weeding's do that. Weeding's pretty low on the list of excitement. Yep. Yep. Exactly. But I got I got the job done, and um, mm-hmm. you know we're going to have a lot of good vegetables in in the summer come the summer months. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I just got a call from my dad actually a few days ago, and he's talking about dates and during the summer that they're going to come up here and help with some stuff around our house and going to help my brother do some stuff because uh, he's moving and all sorts of stuff. So they're going to be busy this summer too, like doing like home remodel projects for like two or three months. And they, he's great at it. I mean, he used to be in construction and right. you know does all sorts of handyman stuff now that he's retired. So I love it when they come up. I just have to plan and make sure I have plenty of stuff that they can do and focus on. So I just wanted to clarify that yeah. I love it when he comes here and does stuff. It's just, I have to make sure that I have enough stuff to be done. Yeah. And, and the extra lawnmower ready to go. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. My stepdad was also involved in construction for a while, so he knows what he's doing. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, he, and he helps out with things that we don't necessarily want to do or can do like cutting limbs off of trees with the chainsaw, oh, that kind of stuff. But we didn't See, have to do any of that. That's much higher on my list. Year. Using a chainsaw to cut limbs off a tree is much higher on my list of excitement than weeding a garden, even actually planting a garden. Chains- oh, yes. Chainsaw usage is pretty high on the excitement list for me. Well, I am I don't think I should be using a chainsaw. Is there a story behind this somewhere? N- no, because I haven't allowed myself to use one. Had I used one, there'd be a story, believe me. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe not a story. Or exactly. maybe not a story that you would be telling to anybody. Yeah. So I did w- one other thing that we... It was, so it was a really nice weekend with my family. We had a great time. But smack cool. dab in the middle there, um, one uh, actually a fellow loyal little, Chris Russell, organized a uke jam. Ukulele jam. Oh, yeah. Ukulele ooh. jam. Ooh. 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 <laughs> And uh, it happened to be that Saturday morning, so I went to that for a couple hours. So shout out to Chris Russell, who I knew through Twitter, and he only lives about a half an hour away from me. And I finally got to meet him. I know him through Twitter because we both listen to the DC radio slash now podcast, Tony Kornheiser. Cool. So Is this, it's, is this a guy, has he done like a jingle with the ukulele before? Yes. He's the okay, one that did okay. the I have a ukulele after oh, the yeah. I have a piano. Yeah, that's um, very cool. Yeah, so it was great. You know, I know there are lots of ukulele groups up in the Twin Cities, but I didn't necessarily want to drive that far every time there's a uke. So basically, I asked him if he knew of any, and he said no, but he started one right in my local awesome. music shop. So yeah. That's awesome. It was a lot of fun, and thanks again, Chris, and it was great to finally meet him. Hashtag Littles Helping Littles. Yes. And speaking of Littles and Tony Show you mentioned, I think we got a shout out on Tony Show this week. We did. Wednesday's show. Was, Which is awesome. That was really great. Yeah. And I think John Miller tweeted us about it and I uh, got a couple texts from people that heard it. Um, so, yeah, it was like uh, unexpected, I guess. I mean, yeah, we, so we want to <laughs> go ahead. We sent the stickers in um, in back uh-huh. in March before the March Madness tournament, and so you know we didn't think that we pretty much thought that they were lost, so or that it wasn't going to be mentioned. I guess. Yeah, that was a whole mail fiasco. Yes, it was, and other people have had that problem with the PO box being closed and and uh, 
But now I think everybody knows that you send it to Chatter. Yes. So AKA Chads. AKA <laughs> Chads. Yeah. So yeah, the big big shout out to the TK show for um, shouting out to us. I guess. Yes, absolutely. We want to return the favor, pay it forward. We, yes, we're going to do you know, that right our, now. You know, yeah. huge wide listener base. You know, exactly. I think we're, we're about on the same par. You know, as far as number of fans, if not quality of show, as them, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Yep. Okay. I'm going with that. So, is there anything else you wanted to talk about this week? Uh, unfortunately, yes. Um, and I've been kind of a little more low-key so far, just because this has been on my mind of the fact that we just recently heard that uh, Chris Cornell passed away. Yes. Um, on Wednesday night after a show in Detroit, early Thursday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, read it on Twitter and saw it on CNN and just still heavy, you know, it's so recent. Um, I'm just be honest with you. This week we're recording on Thursday, so it's just now happened. Just now heard about it. Still, you know, processing, you know, he's only 52, which yeah. is not much older than me. <laughs> I've just known about it for about an hour. Yeah. So just I, one of, I believe to me, one of the greatest singers ever. Certainly one of, if not the best rock vocalist in my lifetime, certainly. Um, yeah. One of my favorites ever. Uh, sang with Soundgarden, Audio Slave, did his own solo stuff. Started out, you know, Temple of the Dog, which was the mashup band between um, Pearl Jam and Soundgarden in Seattle, like in the early yeah. 90s. Yep. Um, they ended up doing, they put out an album. They like got together after like Soundgarden and Pearl Jam both independently got famous. They went back and put together this album together as Temple of the Dog. Yeah, I remember playing, that. Like, together before that. Isn't that, are, yeah, just, is that the one that released, is that Hungry? Yeah, Hunger Strike. Yeah, Hunger Strike, song. yeah. yeah okay. I'm going hungry. Yeah. I'm going hungry. Um, and also, um, Say Hello to Heaven on that album, which the whole song is great. And Chris Cornell, he's the soul, he's the main vocalist. He's the only vocalist, I think, in that one. Just crushes the end of that song i mean the end of that song he's hitting notes that are just unbelievable um just and i think a lot of people have heard those two songs if they are familiar with him or, or you've heard like black hole sun or fell on black days outshine yeah. rusty cage spoon man yeah um, if you're an audio slave fan you've heard cochise uh, like a stone i am the highway that kind of stuff um but i'm telling you the stuff the, the chris cornell solo stuff and the chris cornell acoustic versions of things are my favorite of anything he's ever done. So, I mean, I love all those hits, but like, go listen to stuff like Seasons off the single movie soundtrack, which is just him and an acoustic guitar, basically. It's incredible and okay. super un- underrated. Uh, and like Sun Shower, which is uh, like a solo um, version, a solo song of his, um, is great. Uh, you f- he did an album called Euphoria Morning, which is one of the most underrated albums to me personally ever. I mean, it's, it's incredible. It's nobody really ever talks about it that much. Um, there's a song in there called can't change me, which is like, I think the hit off of that song, which is great off that album, which is great, but the rest of it is great too. Um, I mean, he did like covers, like he, he liked to do like these melancholy acoustic covers of other popular songs. Mm-hmm. So, yep. and they were, they were always like bittersweet or sad or like just a melancholy take on the original song. Um, and always super interesting, but just heavy uh, and bittersweet in so many ways. Um, he did a cover of Billie Jean, the Michael Jackson song. Yeah, that's what I was um, just going to ask you. Did he do Billie yep. Jean? 
Yep, he did nothing compares to you yes. by you know, which was originally written by Prince, yep. recorded by Shenandoah O'Connor. Uh, he did a version of "I Will Always Love You," which we talked about. Was it last week or week before we had the quiz? Yeah, a couple weeks ago about yep. Whitney Houston, Dolly Parton. Yep, um, he he's been known to do that in concert like a lot, and he did a cover of that song "I Will Always Love You," and is just it's a different song because it's his own personal yeah. take. One of the things I always have lo- loved about him is that beyond his incredible voice and he is a underrated lyricist is the fact that everything he did became his own and i can see where some people would be like ah that's just a little too melancholy for me in some cases but it's his own brand and style and it just came through in every song that he took on it almost became like his song if that makes sense he like took the song and made it his which is one of the most um one of the biggest compliments that that anybody's ever paid to me is that, and that one of the biggest compliments that I could give to anybody is any other artist or musician or band is that when you play a song, it becomes your own. Yeah. And it's not something that you go out of your way to say, I'm going to make this. It just happens. And for the people that just naturally that happens, that's one of the greatest things in music to me. Um, it just, I, you know, we talked about when Prince passed away uh, last year and we talked about like Chuck Berry. Um, mm-hmm earlier this year and how just influential and stuff. And Chris Cornell is, I mean, he's his career. I mean, was it 20, 30 years? Not, not like, I don't want to say he's not influential, but he's, he's because he is to rock music. But just to me personally, just he's one of my, you know, music people that I looked up to. Like when I grew up in the eighties, uh, I wanted to be like Prince or Eddie Van Halen or Stevie Ray Vaughan, Eric Clapton, Joe Satriani, guitar playing guys. Yeah. But in the 90s, when I was grown up, I wanted to be Chris Cornell. I mean, it changed and he influenced me tremendously in so many ways. I mean, like guys like him and Eddie Vedder and Scott Weiland, who's also who passed away like a year or two ago. And actually Lane Staley from Allison Chains, who has also passed away. Those those are some of the greatest voices of the grunge era. Yes, and yes, yes. Th- three of them are gone. Yep. And to me, none of them compare to Chris Cornell. He's the best out of that group. Yeah, and I mean, I saw a lot of tweets that said no one sounded like Chris Cornell. No one. No. And here's the thing. We've talked about don't compare. Don't go up to somebody and say, you sound like such and yeah, such. Or you, yeah. your music sounds like blah, blah, blah. And, I, and I've gotten... Just about every time I go somewhere where somebody who doesn't know me, where I'm playing or singing or whatever, or somebody hears my music that doesn't personally know me, mm-hmm. they will come up to me and say, and come up with some guitar player I sound like, or some musician, or some band, or something. You know, we talked about, we laughed and joked that somebody said Pearl Jam. Right, um, yes. And then somebody said Nickelback, which is like, you know, <laughs> going off a cliff. Yeah. Um, the greatest, that's, it's happened to me twice, the greatest compliments as far as you sound like that I've ever gotten is two people said, you sound like Chris Cornell on that song, or that reminded me of Chris Cornell, or you were born to sing that song because you sound like Chris Cornell on that song. That is by far and away. I mean, all those other like Pearl Jam, you know, I like Eddie better. He's no Chris Cornell that right. saying. <laughs> so there are ways that people will take that, you know, you sound like comparisons well, in a good way, sure. even though you shouldn't do it because you never know how the person is going to take it. But that was that's the greatest you sound like compliment I've ever got. Well, and I, I was cognizant of that, and so I didn't say anything. But I, I think we've talked about this before, and 
we have told you that. I know that Rob has said it, and you did Black Hole Sun as a jingle, Charcoal Sun. Yeah. I would agree with those people that have, given, that have said that. Uh, uh, so I can definitely hear his influence in you. Yes, definitely the influence. I am no Chris Cornell, and nobody is, just to be honest. Um, he, had, he was his voice. I wasn't yes. obviously into Soundgarden, and I, I was more into Soundgarden. I wasn't familiar with Audio Slave stuff, but his voice, I definitely am aware of his voice, even though I don't yes. know only his hits for Soundgarden. And I didn't hear his cover of Nothing Compares to You until Prince passed away and the local mm-hmm. radio stations were doing. You know, they just played about an hour's worth of Nothing Compares to You covers, and that's when I heard his. And I'm like, whoa. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's the only yes. time I ever heard it. My favorite Chris Cornell song is just, it's called Just Like Suicide. Um, it's an acoustic version of that song. The actual, like, band, it's with Soundgarden, but the band version is on Super Unknown, which is a great album. But the, the acoustic version he did with just him and an acoustic guitar uh, is my favorite Chris Cornell song. It's tremendous. It has that same, you know, melancholy style. And there are lyrics in that song that are just some of my favorite. One of my favorite lines ever is safe outside my gilded cage with an ounce of pain. I wield a ton of rage. It's, oh, yeah. You've mentioned that lyric incredible. before. Yes. Yeah. That if when somebody says, what's a great lyric, that is always one of the first two or three that come to my mind. I mean, that song is about. I mean, the story is about he wrote it about a crow that flew, that woke him up by fl- flying into a window and breaking its neck at his house. And then he killed it to put it out of his misery. That's what, and he wrote that song supposedly right after that and just got the whole thing out. And that, I mean, we've talked about before when songs just all of a sudden hit you and it's something, you know, it may be some small moment that you write about. That's the best. We've talked about it with jingles and with songs yes. where when you, when just all comes out all at once, that's the best. That song has, incredible lyrics to me and it i know that there have been stories about um rumors going it's or you know speculation that it he might have committed suicide and i i don't know if i can listen to that song anymore if that's really what happened but i so i hope not but it's it's just sad sad in many ways I wrote a few of the songs down that you mentioned that i will go and listen to that i probably don't know yeah, just like Suicide Acoustic Version, I mean, it's all over YouTube, you can find it. it I, there's something about his voice in that song in particular. I mean, his voice is great, one of the greatest ever to me, but something in that song, it just comes across in that version in particular, is just, just tremendous. I read somewhere this morning that he had a four-octave voice. Yes. Just could, some of the, some of the notes he's hitting at yeah. the end of Say Hello to Heaven... Are like get out of here with this. Just come on. What do you do? I mean, who can do that and sound good doing it and have uh, the quality of his voice in the other parts of the song? Right. I mean, just, just ridiculous. Just uh, you know, I I don't know if genius is the right word, but incredibly gifted. Yes, yes. I mean, and genius vocalist, absolutely, yes. and yes. just completely unique. Even though he often gets you know lumped in with the grunge, yeah. People, he's he he was that, and then he transcended that. Just yeah. tremendous. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Audio Slave stuff is good too. I mean, I have at least two of them that I listen. I've listened to recently that are in my like CD changer. So I mean, which I mean, CD changer. Tells you how old I am. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have one of those. I have an anymore. older car with a with a multiple disc changer in it. Nice. And when I was mixing my album earlier this year, 
Mm-hmm. I would burn a CD and put it in the car, you know, just because you want to get a different feel for it and skip tracks around. Sure. One of the, it, it was an audio slave album that I had in there as one of the six or seven others that I was comparing it to that I would just put it on shuffle because you want to see when you're mixing an album, you don't want to get so locked into it so that, you know, you're isolated and you, it, you can get off track very quickly, especially when you're doing it by yourself. So you want to compare it to other stuff. And that one of those audio slave albums was one that I was comparing it to. So, I mean, was trying to go, okay, if I can steer it a little bit more in this direction and get it even somewhat in this range, in the ballpark of this thing, how this sounds, then I'm, I'm golden. So, I mean, it's. (sighs) Yeah. You know, it's cliche, but gone too soon is what you think of. Yeah. I, I was shocked when I saw it this morning. I was uh, stunned. I mean, it's, it hit me. It hit me harder than the deaths of people in some of my family. Yeah, which is what you said like about Like my extended Prince relatives. Yeah, yeah, it really did. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's, I've been fortunate that most people, with a few exceptions, have been, you know, have lived a full life, you know, have lived into their 80s and 90s in my family. Like mm-hmm. all my grandparents and older relatives, most of them made it into their 70s, 80s, 90s. 52, I mean. I know. 52 is not old. No. Certainly not now. No, not at all. Is Chris Cornell or Soundgarden or Audio Slave or any of those incarnations a lawnmower album for you? No, because they were too melancholy. They were too late. Oh, too late. No, they were too late. Too, they came out too late. Yeah. Um, it's really hard to get a lawnmower album for anything past like ninety, ninety one. Um, yeah, in your definition, personally. yeah, your definition. Yes, okay. Because I went to because I went to college then around that mm-hmm, time, and mm-hmm. I wasn't mowing many lawns in college, and so it's Soundgarden had a lot of dorm room and road trip albums. Okay, yep. Like Bad Motorfinger, Super Unknown. Those were like albums that you'd put on, like when you would when the guys in the dorm would come to you and say, "Hey, we're driving, you know, this city that's three hours away, just to do this one thing and driving right back. You want to go in the middle of the night." Yeah, let's go. It's one of the uh, it's one of the CDs that you took and put in the car with you. You know, used often because at that time, you know, a lot of cars didn't have built in in dash CD players, so you'd have it like on the discman. Yes, that had the little cassette tape plugged into it on the wire. Yeah, that you put in the cassette deck, and yep. then you put it on the you know, like the console, or you'd put it in the seat next to you, or the person in the passenger seat riding shotgun had to hold it, uh-huh. and you had to hold it still because so it any wouldn't bump skip. You went over, yeah. it yep. would skip. Yeah, so yep. it's a those are road trip dorm room albums, and yes. Pretty much anything Soundgarden put out in the 90s is on there. Yeah. Well, that does it for our weekend review. And now we'll make the transition, probably very awkwardly, back into total nonsense. This quiz segment coming up is something else. Made us laugh anyway. So now I guess it's uh, time to move on. Do we have a quiz today? We do have a quiz, and it is about, it's actually a combination of music and movies. Oh, cool. And it was sent to us from Bob Walsh at Adadaya. Yeah. So he sent yes, this great. quiz to us and it, this is what he this is kind of how he describes it. He said, "I'm going to give you an actor or an actress in a movie, an, a synopsis of the plot, and a song or musical number from the soundtrack, and you have to name the movie. Bonus points if you can name the artist/band that did the music." Okay, first question. Yes. Not 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 first question of the quiz. I have a f- question <laughs> about the quiz. Okay. Um, is the song actually in the movie, or is it just on the soundtrack? 
Because, you know, they have, like, songs inspired by the movie that aren't actually included. Is it actually in a scene in the movie? He doesn't specify, but from what he writes here, it does say a musical number from the soundtrack. So I think in most cases you you can assume it's in the movie, but maybe not. Okay. And he said he tried to pick actors and actresses in minor roles or supporting roles, minor or more or mm. less supporting. And the synopses are meant to be funny, and sometimes the music is a hint. Okay. <laughs> I like that sometimes the music is a hint. And sometimes the music is a hint. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he gave us ten questions, which is perfect. So, mm-hmm. you know, once we get past ten, it tends to get go on too long. So. Yep. Ten is perfect. So perfect. Uh, thank you, Bob. We'll give this a shot. Absolutely. Thank you for making this. Absolutely. Okay, and I'm a, have a feeling that I'm going to do terribly at this for some reason. Well, if you're going to be t- do terribly, so am I. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Let's spirit optimism. <laughs> yeah. Number one, the actor's Brad Pitt. The synopsis is a road trip ends badly. And the music is Better Not Look Down. Now, if the quiz were named the movie... Well, it, in, wait a minute. It, the, uh, isn't the, the quiz named the movie? <laughs> the quiz is named the movie, which is good for me. Okay. Uh, yes. Because I don't know the music. I know this one. Actually, his first movie ever, I believe. Yes. The, I remember the shot of him with no shirt on, like... In a hat, like holding a hairdryer or something, like a gun. Yeah, in, who, that, in that this movie, who doesn't they, remember that scene? Yeah, this is Gina Davis and is it Susan Sarandon? Susan Sarandon, drive off the cliff yeah, Thelma the and Louise, right? Yes, yes, Thelma and Louise. Um, I don't know that. I, I see what he needs now by the song. The music might be a hint because better yeah. not look down. They're driving off the cliff, and that's that's good. Yep. I don't know that song or who. I don't either. Could not tell you anything about it, but nope. Thelma and Louise. Thelma and Louise, yes. So points for us on that. Points for us. Number two, actress Drew Barrymore. Synopsis, Mm. Elliot's new friend overcomes communication issues. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. I like that. Music, abandoned and pursued. Mm -hmm. Okay, I know the movie. Again, don't know the music. Uh, I'm not familiar with that song, but I'm terrible with titles. That sounds more like it's like the score of the movie. like. Maybe when they're oh. riding the bike at the end mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's like playing underneath is what the name of that song. Because I know a lot of times in the score of a movie, when somebody's scoring a movie, they'll name the song like kind of what the scene is about and what it's trying to, you know, get across. Okay, yeah. Um, so it, it's right. obviously, um, you know this movie, right? Absolutely. It's her first movie yes. too. Yes, as a little kid. Yeah. Was this, oh, this was before Firestarter. Uh, yeah, this was her first movie. I'm I'm certain okay. of that. Cool. E.T. I just had to say Firestarter. E.T., yes. The Extraterrestrial. E. Yes. And his adventures on Earth. Oh, I wonder let's when the when the answers come, let's see if that's fully written out. Yeah, that is the full title of the movie. Something like that. Okay, so so far we we, we think we're right. We just haven't gotten any bonus points for the music. Correct. I'm pretty sure we're we those yes those are those two movies absolutely yeah i, I would bet at least ten dollars on that <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> and i don't bet so number three the actor is no the number th- actor is harrison ford mm-hmm. the synopsis adventures during two guys 
Last Night in Town. The music is Runaway. Okay. I think I can take a guess. Uh, Runaway, I'm guessing that's the Del Shannon song and not the Bon Jovi song. Yeah, because the first thing that comes to my mind is Bon Jovi's song. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure it's it's in the Del Shannon Runaway. Yes, Del Shannon. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say this is American Graffiti. Yeah, but this is I a bet total, you that's total right. Guess. Okay. Because he Harrison Ford wasn't the lead in that, but I bet you he was in it. No. Yeah, he was in it. I'm sure he was in it. This is what, like, I think that's a George Lucas movie, too, in which kind of led to Harrison Ford ending up in Star Wars. Well, let's go with Del Shannon's version of Runaway. How's that? Yeah, because this, that it, movie was set in, what, the 50s? It's, yeah, it's not. 60s? Uh, bon Jovi hadn't done their version yet. <laughs> no, Bon Jovi was not alive when this movie was, well, maybe. He's older than me. Um, yeah, when this movie, not when it came out, but like in the time period it was set in. I definitely know the next one. Okay. The actress. Can I, can I have the questioners yes, have to we, make a you, random guess in a movie? <laughs> actress, Elizabeth Shue. Mm-hmm. Synopsis, picking up a friend at the train station, mayhem ensues. Music, and then he kissed me. Is this a chick movie? Um, I don't... I'm not sure I know this one. I don't necessarily think so. It's from the 80s. Um, I can okay. definitely picture her. She's in her bedroom. It's, uh, she's got one of those four-poster beds. Is that what that is, where the, the posts come up? They shoot. Yes. Yeah, so she's mm-hmm. up, and she's swinging around that post, and she's... I think she has a hairbrush, and she's singing, and then he kissed me. Okay, so, the only movie I can think of, Elizabeth, I mean, obviously, she's in a ton of stuff. Mm-hmm. It, it's, I'm, it's throwing me off that he said that she, the actor was like a side character, not like a main actor in the oh, movie. Oh, I would, I would say that she is a main one in this one. Okay, is this? It's set in Chicago, I think. Is this Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead? No, that's Christina no, Adventures No, Adventures, Adventures in Babysitting. Yes, is good job. This? Yeah, Adventures in Babysitting. Yes. And she definitely was the, the lead. Um, yes, that's what threw me off. Yeah. And, and then this he, is the kid this is the kid with the Thor hat, right? That yes. Movie? Yeah. Okay, which is which my daughter, when she was four and five, I had this like um knitted Thor hat that she liked to wear around all the time and it always reminded me of that movie. Uh I own this movie. I love this movie. Um and then he kissed me. hmm <sighs> Is that the Shirelles? I, I, I'm pretty sure I've done this as a jingle. Uh, Brad Weiss wrote this jingle. And I think it is, it's, it's the Shirelles or the Crystals. Yeah, you might be right. It's one of those. I think it's the Crystals. Okay. I'm going to go Shirelles just to be different because it's just bonus points. Okay. Bonus points are good. All right. Yeah. Number we, five. We've got them all so far, right? We think. I least. think so. Number five, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is the actor. Mm-hmm. Synopsis, two sisters go to the prom. Music, I want you to want me. Oh, I know this one. I want you to want me is the music. Okay. Obviously, that's cheap trick, right? Yes. Yep. <laughs> I know it's bad to start a sentence with obviously and end it with, right? <laughs> yeah. But that's what I just did. Yep. Eat it. Um, this is... The movie is, um, is this um, 
uh, Batman Joker. Is this a Heath Ledger movie? Yes, yes. Um, and Julia Stiles. I'm going to get yes. there. Uh, this is 10 Things I Hate About You. Yes. All right. Set in Seattle. Actually, uh, really? Yeah. That I didn't know. Who is the other girl? Because like, it's Heath Ledger, Julia Stiles, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and then another... The younger the sister? sister. The younger sister. Oh, I don't what remember. Actress? I don't remember. I can't think of that. I can't is. But Julia Stiles is the older sister, right? Yes. And this movie is this movie is fantastic. I love this movie. Yes, it is much better than it has any right to be, to be honest. Yeah. I mean it's do you remember surprisingly the, good. It is very good. Do you remember the scene of when Julia Stiles is wasted at the party and she's on the table dancing to hypnotized? Yes. Hypnotized? That I'll never forget that scene. I just love that it's perfect. I love the whole movie. It's great. Um, yes, the, the the scene that stands out to me is Heath Ledger running around the bleachers. Oh, absolutely! That's singing. the iconic. That's the iconic one in the the iconic scene in the movie. I think. Yeah, is that is this movie the one that made him like the his breakout? Like people, nobody knew who he was, and all of a sudden they were like, "Whoa, who's this guy?" It is for me. Yeah, for me too. I'm just wondering if that's universally or like uh, in general thought to be his breakout role. Probably. Um, yeah, I know that the movie was set in Seattle because uh, I have a family oh. friend who went who went to that high school that they set, filmed it. That, that, oh, yeah, really? Yeah, that's interesting. Cool. Um, yeah, so we're good job out of us, five for five. Yeah, we, we got that we one. Think anyway, and and absolutely bonus points on that one. Yes, mm-hmm. number six actor is Val Kilmer. Uh huh. Synopsis: Sky High. Sky High School Drama. <laughs> Music, You've Lost That Love and Feeling. I'll just say I really appreciate these synopsis. Sky High, yeah. Synopsis. Yeah. Very well written, Bob. Um, you obviously know what this is. I do, but I didn't put it completely together until the music. Um, yeah. And He's now trying to be that tricky I read with the Sky School High drama, School yeah. Drama, yeah. Now I get now uh, I put it all together. This is, um, this is Tom Cruise. Yeah, the movie that makes me sick Ghost. every time I watch it because of motion sickness. Top Gun. Really? It makes you sick? Yep. Hmm. Um, Great yeah, movie, obviously but Obviously, you lost that love and feeling is uh, Righteous Brothers, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. I just did another obviously right <laughs> sentence. What am I doing? <laughs> well, you probably don't want to, you know. Be too much of a know-it-all, so you say right at the end because you do know it all. You've known all of these, except for number um, one and two, music-wise. Yes, I and I think those are more. I think number two is more of a score and not an actual okay. song, and I could be completely wrong. You so might we'll be right about that. about that. But when I say you know it all, it's not that I'm saying you, Jason Fuse, are a know-it-all. I'm saying Jason Fuse, you do know it all. Oh, well, you get the okay. difference. Obviously. Right. <laughs> Number, Number seven. seven. Actor is Larry Fishburne. Synopsis: A river cruise. Music: Susie Q. This one is throwing me. I don't know if I know. Yeah, it. I'm not sure about this one either. Because for some reason, the only thing I can think of when I think about Fishburne is Matrix. Wasn't that him? Yes, he was in the Matrix. He was Morpheus, right? I don't remember. I think the, name. the right person. I think. Yeah, he was, I mean, the main dude, not besides Neo. I think of Larry Fishburne in um, Boys in the Hood. Oh, that's true. Which I don't think is, fits the synopsis of a river cruise. No, and neither does The Matrix. No. A river Q. cruise. 
What is Suzy oh, Q? This is Apocalypse Now. Okay. What what is the song Suzy Q? How does that go? Uh it's like a is it Chuck Berry? Oh well, maybe it's that like is. one of those it's like one of those 50s, 60s, 70s hits. Oh or is it's either or is it um Fogarty? CCR. Okay, you can you will have to come to that conclusion cuz I don't know. I'm going to say it's one of them wrote it. Um this is like because you know how CCR and Roland, you know, give me shelter yeah. and you know Fortunate Son or Big Viet. If it, if a movie is made about Vietnam in the set in the seventies, yeah, yeah. if a movie about Vietnam was made in the seventies or eighties, it has "Give Me Shelter," "Fortunate Son," yes. or some other CCR song in there someplace. Yeah, I remember "Fortunate Son" was in um, Mr. Holland's Opus, actually. Really, that that's one I hadn't seen. Oh, I love I'm Mr. Go- Holland's Opus. Okay, so you're gonna go with CCR? <laughs> yes, uh, right. I think, and Apocalypse Now. For the movie. I don't think I've seen Apocalypse Now. Uh, it's, it's okay. Not one of my favorites. Okay. I've seen it once. Long time ago. Number eight, Jane Seymour is the actress. Synopsis, secret agent in Caribbean or Caribbean and yes. the Bayou. Mm-hmm. Music, live and let die. Yes. So I'm going to go music-wise that he's talking about Bob Dylan, not Guns N' Roses. You mean Paul McCartney? Paul, Paul McCartney. Wait, what did Dylan write? He wrote Knocking on Heaven's Not Door. Not Living Led. Yeah. yeah. I get those two Which mixed up because they were both Guns on Roses. Guns N' Roses' Use Your yes. Illusion album. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, Living Let Die Paul, is Paul McCartney. Okay. Maybe Wings. Um, you know what this is, right? No. The movie? No, no. Okay. Jane Seymour. I only know Jane Seymour Ridiculously from Dr. Quinn, underrated. Medicine Woman. That's how I know Jane oh, Seymour. Oh my gosh. Then you need to go watch this movie. And I and know her blown. for her Perfect Hearts collection at Kate Jewelers oh, or whatever that. Gosh, I hate that. I know it's yeah. terrible. Okay. So Jane Seymour. Yeah. You want to see you want to see peak Jane Seymour go watch this movie. Okay. So when is this the 70s, 60s? Yeah. Late 70s, I would say mid 70s. Secret this is, Agent um, in Caribbean. In a line. Is that a funny synopsis? Should I? Um, Secret agent. No, but you should be able to get this. And I will say that I'm trying not to say. He's giving this one away. Bob is. Okay. This is um, a secret agent that has had many movies made about him. Played by different people. Oh, okay. Is this. Um, isn't. Get smart. Seymour. Jane Seymour. Oh, double, double seven. James Bond? Yes, this is a James Bond movie. Oh, I should have known the Live and Let Die. Okay. And the movie, is it Live and Let Die? Yes, that is correct. Okay, all right. Yeah. <laughs> nice. It's, it's a Roger Moore one. Um, but Jane Seymour in this movie is spectacular. Okay, I did not, I would have never been able to guess that Jane Seymour, was she a Bond girl? Yes. Okay, I would have never guessed that. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's an okay movie. It's a, for I mean, it's a Bond movie. It is what it is. What, what am I doing? What am I doing? <laughs> we got a tweet about it is what it is this week. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> it um, always is what it is. It always is what it is. All right, number nine. Good job on that live and let die. Thank you, thank you. Number nine. Actor is Steve Buscemi. Mm-hmm. 
Synopsis. Bad guys meet the rainbow. <laughs> yes, that's good. That's, that's funny. Stuck in the middle with you is the song. Correct. Now, we have talked about this movie before. When I figure out the movie, I'll probably figure out that the synopsis is funny. Yes. If you've seen the movie or if you know what the if you know like the conceit of the movie, yes. This isn't um I would think that if it's that movie he would have used an Aerosmith song. Um No, it is not Armageddon. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> this is a scene that we have talked about with you, I think it was when John Fitzpatrick was on, we talked about this movie. Okay. And the scene, this this song is prominently featured. This is the main thing that most people will remember from this movie, is this scene with this song playing in the background. That's Steeler's um, Wheel that wrote the song, by the way, stuck in the middle with you. Yes. Okay. Is this... This guy's made eight or nine movies. All of them were considered pretty good. He's a very much an art artist. Yeah, yeah. Tarantino. Director. Tarantino. Yes. Reservoir Dogs. That is correct. Reservoir Dogs. That is correct. Very good clue giving. Yes. And all the guys in the movie are like Mr. Pink, Mr. White. That's why it's the bad guys meet the rainbow. Okay. Everyone of a different color, like Mr. and then whatever the color is. Oh, I like that. I still haven't seen Reservoir Dogs. And I have a really hard time saying the word reservoir. It's a difficult word. Is that a French word? We need to talk I, about that in pronunciation. I would guess it's a French word. Reservoir. Okay, last one. Number 10. Number 10. Actor Alec Baldwin. Synopsis. Mm-hmm. House owners try to evict the new tenants. Yep. Music. The Banana Boat Song. What is the Banana yes. Boat Song? Harry Belafonte. Okay, sing a bar. Um, let me think of the words. Oh, is this the song they play at all baseball games? This is, this is, this is, Daylight correct. come. Okay. Man, we want to go. Oh, oh. House yes. owners try to evict the new tenants. Oh, come on. Alec I know Baldwin. you've seen this. Okay. Give me the year. Give me an approximate year. Um, mid eighties. The, an actress from the movie in the first question of this quiz is in this movie. Okay, so that would be either Gina Davis or Susan Sarandon. Mm-hmm. And let's see if I can think. Is there anything else? Uh, clues that are out of this quiz? See, Alec Baldwin is throwing me because I'm thinking of lead characters. He is sort of. Well, no, he's a side character. Yeah, he's not. He's not a lead character in this. Okay. There are two. It's him and the other. The other actress from Question One, which I'm not going to tell you which one it is yet. Mm-hmm. Um. Are like the second tier. Okay. There's a f- first tier of two other people that are really famous. You know both of them. I guarantee you, you've seen this movie. Is this? Oh, mo- oh, go ahead. We've talked about. We talked about another movie in number in the one with Heath Ledger. We talked. I mentioned another movie that the lead actor in this movie that we're trying to figure out. He played the role, he played a certain role in that movie. He played the title role in that movie, but a different, like, remake, reboot, than the Heath Ledger versions. Version, not versions. So, he, you're saying... That is the most complicated, uh-huh. convoluted... I need to try and break <laughs> this... I've ever given. I need to try and break <laughs> this clue apart. So, you're saying that Heath Ledger is the star of a movie that's like this... 
Yeah, he's sort of star. He's the second build. Oh, he's the second. Of a reboot of a series of movies. Batman. The lead actor. Yes, that is correct. Who played Batman before Christian Bale? Name um, any of them. Michael Keaton. That is correct. Is that the movie? Mike, this movie? That is the actor, yes. Oh, okay. So it's not Batman. No, it is not Batman. Okay. <laughs> and I'll give you another hint. The, the actress who's the lead, who I would consider the lead actress, this is sort of her breakout, I would think. Um, she was in a TV show series that we watched and talked about on our podcast uh, mid-late last year. It was all, it's sort of like her comeback almost. Terriers? Nope. The show just came out last year. It's got another season coming up, I think, the end of this year, they've said. Maybe early next year. Oh, boy. We We've both talked about a lot it. of shows. Yeah, we binge-watched this. I watched Veep? it in one day. What? Oh, oh, Stranger Things. Correct. The, the mother on Stranger Things. Yes, what's her name? I don't know. She's Shoplifter. She's the wife of uh, Christopher. Christopher, the wife in Sopranos. No, 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 no. Not that mother. Oh. The other one. Oh, oh, Winona Ryder. Yes. Okay, so Winona Ryder and Michael Keaton. I don't think I've seen this movie. How's, oh, you have seen this movie. Is this Reality Bites? <laughs> no. <That's, laughs> this, is a, a, this is a great movie. I don't know how, how, it, how it holds up. I hadn't seen it in probably 15 years. When it came out, it was great. Michael Keaton and Winona Ryder. Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis. Is this the a dad, comedy? Sort of. The dad from, uh, not the dad, the principal from your, one of your favorite movies ever is in this movie. Edward Rooney. Edward R. Yes. Rooney. Whatever his name, actual name is. He's in this movie. I'm pretty sure. It's around that time. It's around that mid-80s time. I Remember bet you. what? I have not Remember seen what this other movie. movies Winona Oh you uh, you have seen this movie. Remember okay. what what other movies Winona Ryder was in with she like went on a bender with like the same director for two or three movies there in the 80s um with another actor who was also with this director Ethan Hawke Speaking of the same guy who directed the first couple Batman movies with Michael Keaton I don't know it who that is It all works together Oh, come on. The Batman director? Yes. The, the original, I think he did uh, Batman and Batman Returns. He might have done the third one, too, with Michael Keaton. He directed them. He's very much out on his own, kind of. Wes Anderson? No. No, he didn't do that. I don't know who the directors Tim, are. Oh, Tim. Tim. Tim Robbins. Tim Burton. Burton. No, Tim Burton. The ex-husband of Susan Sarandon. No. No, that's Tim Robbins. That, that is Tim Robbins. <laughs> Shawshank Redemption. That's the name of this movie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> is Morgan this a Freeman hit does me? A voiceover. Is this the hit me with the best shot scenario, or am I just? Oh, I, I don't think I've seen this, this movie, movie. Is super popular, super well known. Everybody I thought had seen this movie. Um, the only Winona is, writer I can think of right now is Reality Bites. <laughs> it's way on the opposite end of the spectrum of that. Uh, I'm trying to give you some more hints, but I don't want to say the name. I certainly don't want to say it three times. 
What is the what can it's kind of give you? Okay, so um, three times is in there. I'm gonna pick up on these clues like I didn't last quiz. <laughs> three times, <to> three <gasps> threesome. No. Oh. <laughs> I've seen threesome. Just whatever you do, don't say the name three times. Okay, so it's a it's one word that you say three times. Yes, it is one word. I can't think of any other oh, boy. that aren't going to give it away. Um, oh. There's animation in this movie, uh, like claymation. Um, it's sort of like there's a scene where it's kind of reminded me of Dune. Um, you remember that movie? No. The book? Okay, from the early 80s. The movie was Sting, Gordon Sumner. Um, There's Claymation. I have not seen this movie. I would be shocked if you hadn't seen this movie. House um, owners movie, try to evict the new tenants. Yeah, the movie had a lot of juice. It gave a lot of juice to the people who were in it. And, and like this, is, this movie, I think, led to Tim Burton getting a lot of other stuff, like Edward Scissorhands and okay. you know, whatever else he made. So he had a lot of juice after this one. And it's one word repeated three times. Yes. No, it's one word. That's a, that's a conceit in the movie is you don't want to say it three times. Oh, okay. The name of the movie is the title character. In the movie. I have no idea. Okay. Um, I'm trying to get us there without just telling you what it is. Um, I thought I knew my Winona Ryder stuff. There's a very famous rock band that has a that is a homophone for the first part of the title of this movie. That sounds the same, even though it's spelled different, I think. Name, start naming famous rock bands. Um, Hugely worldwide, all-time rock bands. Rolling Stones, Led Zeppelin. Keep going. Keep going. Um, You're in the ballpark. Eagles. No. <laughs> Go back a little bit more. Pink Floyd. We talked about the guy who did the Bond theme song in question eight was in this band. Oh, Beatles. Yes. Oh, Beetlejuice. Yes. Yes, oh, we got there. <laughs> I have seen Beetlejuice. I've seen Beetlejuice. <laughs> what an That's got to be what it is. Okay. And the Banana Boat song is, is uh, Harry Belafonte. I don't remember yeah. that song being in the movie. Oh, it's at the end when Winona Rada flies up in the air and they're dancing. Okay. And she like levitates. Now I remember... I remember Michael Keaton in that movie, but I don't really remember Winona Ryder in that movie. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, she's, she's the main actress. I would call her the lead actress in that movie. Okay. She was young. I mean, she wasn't like a kid, but she was young. She was playing like a teenager, and she might have been not much more than a teenager. Okay. Well, I better go back and rewatch Beetlejuice sometime. That movie, I recall, just being odd. Oh, it's super odd. Yeah. But good. Yeah. It's my favorite Tim Burton movie by far, even more than the Michael Keaton Batman. Okay. Which, I remember watching it and liking it, but yeah. I, I didn't remember that Winona was in it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Should we go to the answers? Good job with the last one. Yes. I think we got all of these. Okay. Well, here, I've got the answers pulled up now. All right. Number one was Thelma and Louise. The artist was B.B. King. Oh, Yeah. I should feel bad for that, but I don't because 
I don't. I've never really seen that entire movie, and BB King has thousands of songs, so I don't feel too bad. Well, see, that movie is definitely a chick flick. Yes. Okay. Number two is E.T., and the uh-huh. artist is John Williams. Yep. So it's score. That's exactly right. Score for you. Yes. Uh, I'm gonna, wait. I'm gonna look this up real quick. E.T. Full title. I haven't confirmed this for sure, but I'm pretty sure the full title of this is E.T., The Extraterrestrial and His Adventures on Earth. But since I can't, even though I looked it up and I can't find it, I could be way wrong. I only remember E.T., The Extraterrestrial. Yeah, and most people just say E.T. So we got that right. Yes, we did. Number three, American Graffiti, Del Shannon. Very good. Nice. Number four is Adventures in Babysitting, and it's The Crystals. Oh, points for you. Bonus points for you. Now he give yeah, bonus points for me. That sentence we don't utter very often on this podcast. Okay, <laughs> he writes a note here. Elizabeth has the lead, but I think the movie, while great, Anthony Rapp in a supporting role is a little off the beaten path. He's right about that. It is off the beaten path, but I think yes. it is absolutely great, and I own it. Mm-hmm. Which I've seen it. I still have DVDs, and I don't know why because I never look, watch them. Is this the movie where um, the kid has the like the Playboy magazine and it's like somebody who looks like her on the cover, so he thinks it's her? Yes, is this that movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what I remember. That's from what this you movie remember. And the Thor yeah. hat. Well, the kid with the Thor hat and the magazine played some sort of plot in there, mm-hmm. and that she they like drove a car through like downtown Chicago, yep. right? And I remember That's- their truck. They they broke down and they got picked up by this trucker who was seemed to be scary. I don't even remember that. Um, and then they had to sing the Nobody Leaves This Stage Without Singing the Blues. Remember that? That I don't remember yep. either. Great movie. Okay. This was, I've only seen like half of it. Oh, you need to go back and watch the rest. I can, you know, okay. I can lend you this, can the DVD. <laughs> cool. Next one, 10 Things I Hate About You. Mm-hmm. Now, I Want You to Want Me was a cover by Letters oh. to Cleo. And I should have known that that. because I used to own that soundtrack. Letters to Cleo. (laughs) Number six. Which Letters to Cleo's famous, most famous song? Do you know? I Want You to Want Me. No. I don't know. The song that they wrote. It's called Here and Now. I don't know that song. It's pretty good. It's the one, here and now, here and now. And then she gets to the chorus and it's like, here and now. It's like. She's rambling in the middle of the chorus. Oh, so it's the a woman. That's right. Together. It is a woman yeah, that sings I Want You to Want Me from that movie. Oh, see, I, didn't, I, I don't remember that song being in that movie. Oh, yes. That was in there. That movie had a good yeah. soundtrack. Letters to Cleo, also the band t-shirt that Ben wears on Parks and Rec when he's depressed. That's how they can tell when he's depressed. Oh, funny. Another hilarious show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good should show. watch that one. Number six was indeed Top Gun, and the Righteous Brothers were was the band. Were the band? Oh, you got you got this one. Number seven, Apocalypse Now. All right. Now the artist, I didn't. You didn't have the artist. You had CCR. It's mm-hmm. Flash, Cadillac, and the Continentals. That I would have never gotten. Now he has a note here. Fishburne was only 18 when this movie came out and went by Larry. He later started using Lawrence. Ooh, that's important. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know he call. ever went by Larry. Yeah. All right. The, um, oh. did, did 
CCR do a song called Suzy Q? Because I can hear in my head, in my memory, I, John Fogarty singing I that. I don't have any idea. Okay, I'll look it up while we go to the next one. All right. Next one, Live and Let Die. And you did mention this. It's Wings at that time. Nice. Yep. Number nine is indeed Reservoir Dogs, Steeler's Wheel. Uh-huh. And the last one, Beetlejuice, Harry Belafonte. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Excellent job. <laughs> that was good. Uh, that, those, were, those were the right amount of um, difficult, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks a lot, Bob. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, great job. Yes, and CCR did, a, did do a, a song called Suzy Q. Okay, well, you kind of had it. Uh, it said it was written by Dale Hawkins, who might have been part of that other band you named. And then the Cadillac. CCR covered it, I think. Okay. I've yeah, never Rolling heard Stones of... covered it. Oh, the Rolling Stones did. I've never heard of Flash Cadillac and the Continentals, but I do like how they get two different cars in there. Yes, that's good. Yeah. yeah, Flash Cadillac and the Continental. Here's the other. Here's the cover versions of this song. Credence, John Fogarty did his own version. Somebody named Susie Quattro, which I've never heard of. Jose Feliciano did a cover of this, which would be pretty cool to hear, I think. Uh, Bobby McFerrin. Nice. Linda McCartney. The oh. Everly Brothers. Chet Atkins. Lonnie Mack, which would be good. Uh, Johnny Rivers. And somebody called the Astronauts in 1963. But, yeah, I never would have pulled Flash Cadillac and the Continental Kids. Mm-mm. How does Suzy Q go? I must know Suzy this song. Suzy Q, baby, I love you. Suzy Q is the version that I know. Okay. Just type in, I'm sure it's all over YouTube. All right. Well, that was good. I think we pretty much nailed yes, that Yes, very quiz. good. Hey, we got 10 out of 10. Yes, we did. And some bonus points. you get points. better than perfect. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. So we got like, you know, 18 out of 10. Close to it, if not 18. Yes. Eat it, Bob. (laughs) (laughs) No, seriously. Thank you. Yes. Thank you very much. I mean, obviously, right? (laughs) Right. Do we have a guest on the show this week? Answer no or yes. It's a binary thing. Do we have a guest? Do we have a guest? Do we have a guest? Answer no or yes. Um, no. Hey, if you'd like to contact us, you can reach us on Twitter at SpeakTangents via email, speakingoftangentspodcast at gmail.com or visit our website at speakingoftangents.com. We also have a Snapchat, Snapface, something, I don't know, hashtag social media. Is that how that works? I don't know. Just send us feedback. And now here's some more feedback from real listeners just like you. like you. You're better than them. You're our favorite. Shh, don't tell anybody. So do we have any feedback today? Absolutely. We've got, we've got a lot of feedback today. Awesome. So the first one we're going to do is Nosy in 140 on Twitter mm-hmm. at the Lewis Nosy. Bird Wars, a shorter SOT, question mark. Dead wasps, fake figs, a candy disagreement, bad candy. And then he included a picture of the zero candy bar. 
Yes, which is exactly how I remembered it. I just couldn't remember the name yeah, of it. Yeah, we came up with that a little bit after we stopped recording, I think. Yes, which that candy bar to me is a zero, but I think we'll get into that for some other feedback here in a few minutes, right? Well, yeah, we will. Some, um, yeah. You are, it looks like you're in the minority on the zero thing. <laughs> yes, uh, once again, I'm on the wrong side of history. <laughs> so, and then John Fitzpatrick, again, talking about the shortened version of the podcast at Fitzjohn P. With the new less is more, speaking of tangents format, is the Lewis Nosey summary now constrained to 70 characters? <laughs> Which I think is a fair question. I don't know the answer. Yeah. Uh, no, I think the 140 is based on Twitter's limits, not our limits. So That's a good point, yeah. yeah. Um, more- but if John wanted to do a 70 character summation every week, I mean, obviously we'd welcome that. That'd be a totally different thing. Absolutely. Even if he just took Lewis's and, like, cut out 50% of the words. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of cutting things out or abridging, pod- uh-huh. abridging podcasts, Cool Aunt Claire at Cool Aunt Claire says, I have always loved and used the time markers in your show descriptions. I totally support the oh, shorter cool. format. And she said, Great. the long times were always intimidating to me. I'd, po- I'd postpone until road trips. Which is kind of what we were mm-hmm. saying, but it is good to know Absolutely. that people are do use the time markers. Yes, totally. Um, and we'll still put them in, even though it's going to be shorter. So, like, even if it's three segments, we'll still have you know two two time segments in there, two time breaks in there. Yes, and I think she also said she wished other podcasts could would use them, but I I I don't see that in here. Maybe uh, maybe inadvertently was cut. Hmm. Eventually, there will be like um, what I wish we could do now was actually put in like with the fast forward or the skip button. You could skip and put in like markers, like bookmarks in the podcast. And you can do that if you use a certain software and a certain, you know, host and all this stuff. And it costs extra and, and all this business. And it's just not universal across all podcasts and all players so that maybe half the people will be able to access it or you'd have to download it a certain way. And since I'm not into that, you know, we're going to. Hopefully, you know, as podcasts continue to evolve and get, you know, more ubiquitous, even though they're pretty ubiquitous right now as it is, everybody has a podcast. Yeah. Uh, that we'll be able to, that'll be a, you know, a built-in part of any podcast or any any podcast player will be that you can have, like, s- tracks on the CD. Basically, we, we're moving from the the cassette you know, model to the CD model so that people can actually, if you put in bookmarks in the segments, you can just skip right away. Yeah, it seems to make sense, but nobody's doing that yet. Or some right. people well, are, a few but people not are. many. Just, it's, just, it's just so rare and it doesn't, it's not universal the way it's done. So you'd have to do it like different ways for different formats. And because we send the podcast out to, I mean, it's available in like six, or seven, eight different ways, different ways you can download it, different ways you can listen to it, different players and things like that, depending on if you have a, you know, iPhone or, you know, uh, uh, what's the other one? What's the other one? Uh, Android? Yeah, whether you have an iPhone or an Android phone or whatever. So it's once all that is kind of brought in and kind of reined in and it's all universal standards, I believe part of that will be skipping segments in podcasts with the button in the, in the player. And that'd be great. Yeah, it would be. Um, Matthew Vogel at Vogel Matt said, A bridge nonsense. I actually have that embroidered on a pillow. <laughs> That's funny. It is. I would. I would. I want a picture. I want a picture of that too, please. Yes. And then one more about the Bridge Podcast. John Miller at JKM five sixty three 
he wants to know if, you know, with us cutting the pod to a little more than an hour, does that mean I can cut my Saturday routine also? Um, yes. Yeah, go ahead. That's, that's official. Yeah. Just, you know, just play this back for anybody who questions you on that one. Absolutely. Um, now we're going to move into bad candy. Oh, boy. So Matthew Vogel at Vogel Matt said, somebody must like black jelly beans. They sell bags of just black jelly beans. That's a crime right there. That's terrible. Yes. I think so, too. I like black jelly beans, but I'm never going to go and eat a whole bag of black jelly beans. Uh-uh. I don't want a whole bag of any flavor jelly bean. No, single flavor. No, you, you, well, that defeats the purpose of a jelly bean. Well, I told you last week I'm not a big jelly bean fan, but I will... Eat a you know three or four black licorice or black um, black jelly beans and that's enough. I don't want a whole bag. Mm -hmm. No way. That's three or four too many to me, but I understand. Yeah, Joe Maloney at Joe the ITO says, "Hey KJ, there's another black licorice and black jelly bean fan out there. Ignore the haters. More for us." Three exclamation points. This is like (laughs) fans of like indie music, like indie bands (laughs) are like. You know, it's more. It's just more for us to listen to. You know? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Hey, I'm all for it. And like what you want to like. Jolene Wojcik at JMR Wojcik says, "I'm with KJ. Love black licorice and black jelly beans, and so did my dad, which makes me love them even more now." Ah, that's cool. So we got some. Yeah, we got some people that like black jelly beans and black licorice. Awesome. Yeah. And and nobody wrote in really and said that they hated it, right? No, not really. No. But um, cool. Am I the only one? No, I doubt it. But we haven't heard from anybody else that actually we have. I'll get to that in a second here on our list of compiled feedback. Um, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Cool Aunt Claire said she totally agrees with me about Skittles, peanut M&Ms, and Reese's Pieces. So, yes. Awesome. That is crazier. That is crazier to me than... People liking black jelly beans is more people have came out and said they don't like all three of them, the same ones that I mentioned. Yes. And peanut M&Ms. I mean, if you have a peanut allergy, sure. But otherwise, what are you doing? Well, I think that um, you'll find out that some other person agrees with you. Okay. Scott Jenkins at SEJ 326 said any list of bad candy has to start with candy corn. Yeah, I, 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 I will agree I with that. I disagree. I disagree with that. I, oh. I love candy oh, corn. Oh, we're going to fight over this. Candy corn is the biggest waste of space. Should not be called candy. Is you know doing a disservice to all other candies by calling it candy. I, what do you mean it shouldn't be like called candy? candy? It's, it's all it is it's is terrible. sugar. It's totally it's candy. It's terrible. It is a misuse of sugar. It is it is taking sugar in a in the most vile, disgusting way and, and, and perverting it in a way that should be against the law. No, candy cane candy, candy corn. corn is excellent. Oh and well you can you can eat all the candy corn and black jelly beans and I'll eat the Skittles, peanut M Ms and Reese's pieces. And a, a candy corn mixed And I am the winner on that. A candy corn mixed with peanuts is very good too. Oh. Oh, See, I like peanuts. You're you're ruining peanuts for me now. Well, you're not going to have the candy, candy corn, corn anyway. But n- I'm not going to stick my hand in there and eat the peanuts either now because it it's, touched the candy. All right, corn. it's tainted. You, yes. Yeah. I want to know if anybody else has tried candy corn and peanuts, and I bet you people will say that's pretty darn good. 
How do you eat candy pretty, corn and peanuts and not eat peanut M and M's? Pretty good, uh, because peanut M and M's <laughs> the mixture is no good. You can't no. Oh. No. Do you like Chex Mix too? I like regular Chex Mix, not not sugared Chex Mix. I like the original Chex Mix with Worcestershire sauce. See, I'm I'm off on I'm I'm not on board with any Chex Mix whatsoever. So, well, you just don't like combinations. There you go. But you like peanut M and M's, which we have covered in depth. Uh, yeah, because that's that's different. That's it's inside the M M&M. and M. That's different. Mm, well. That's a, that's not a combination. That's an impregnation. <laughs> yes, but so is a well, no combo. Peeps Oreos is a combination. Yes, impregnation. Okay. Um, okay. So you, we're gonna have to agree to disagree on the candy corn. Sure. Now, he- and hey, we you know what this means. We could get together and hang out and have split candy. Yes. And not worry about taking the other, eating too much of the other person's candy. Exactly. Hey, there you go. Now it works. Jenny Robbins at Robbins underscore Jenny zero bar. I love them. Oh my gosh. Uh huh. Now here's where she it's, agrees with you though. Okay. Plain M and M's over peanut variety question. WTF question. <laughs> I'd rather eat watermelon than licorice. Yes. So that, she doesn't like watermelon either. Uh-uh. I was starting to be worried because she's the one who's going to be making the red velvet cupcakes <laughs> yes. and cakes or whatever for Which us. we haven't when forgot she said about, zero Jenny. bars. Yeah, oh no. I, hey. I have not forgotten, not a forgotten about, about that. It's a, I'm expecting it. Um, you know, and it, if, you, if you don't get around to it, that's fine too. You know, I'm just. Yeah. yeah. I would really like to eat that. <laughs> um, the. When she started out, zero bars, I love them. I was like, oh, no. Mm-hmm. But she redeemed herself by saying peanut M&Ms are the way to go and saying watermelon, which she hates, is even better than licorice. So I'm back on board for cupcakes. Okay. Well, you're going you're gonna to hear some more pro zero bars right now. Oh, boy. Jeannie and Beemore at JB Hoops 32 says, I was yelling zero bar two, probably when, when I think she's referring to when you were trying to remember the name of this candy bar uh-huh. she had she said never had one though but she loved charleston chew <laughs> and mallow cups so she knew that zero bar but never had one yes now we mentioned I, what, that I, we both didn't like charleston chew last week uh, it's just kind of an older style it's like a werther's original where it's not it's not terrible i would eat it if it if it was the only option it's just kind of an older candy that I'm not really going out of my way to get. Okay, well, I don't like it. And Mallow Cups, if I remember right, aren't they like a knockoff of Reese's Peanut Butter Cups? Mm, sort of. Um, I hadn't had one of those in a while either. The other thing about the like Charleston Chew and stuff like that has a lot of caramel or a lot of really chewy stuff in it, I can't eat anymore because I have two crowns. Yes. And I've had a crown come off three times eating chewy candy. Like a Jolly Rancher once and some like chewy granola bar the next time and then something else. I don't remember what the third one is. Because it, it's the dentist's fault they didn't put this one crown on the right in the first place. Absolutely. Um, I think I, it's the reason I went to the dentist, you know, we talked about a week or yeah, two ago, whatever yep. it was, when I got the, you know, guillotine, guillotine yeah. for your teeth. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't, I don't eat that stuff anymore. So, um, and I don't really miss it. So there you go. Well, that's good. It must not have been that great. Yep. Now, John Miller said frozen zero bars. Mmm, with three exclamation, exclamation points and three smiley face emojis. Is he trying to kill me? <laughs> so he puts these zero bars in the freezer. Now, I have frozen a Snickers before. Those are okay. I don't like, I don't think fro- candy bars should be frozen. I like the melts yeah, in your mouth okay. sort of 
feeling. I don't like it hurts my teeth to try and bite into something frozen. <laughs> well, you're not turning into a block of ice. It's just like getting it cold to me. Yeah, I don't like, like it. Really cold. I don't like it. I can I can see that. Now Matt Vogel on Facebook said zero bars. Yum. You guys are going to cause to some impulse buying because you know I think he said that he shops on <laughs> he listens to our podcast and shops on Saturday morning. Yeah. He's going to come home with a bunch of zero bars and black jelly beans. So do, and his family is going to be like, what in the world are you doing? Exactly. You're not allowed to listen to those crazy people anymore. Does zero bar, do zero bar, are they even out there still? Hmm. I haven't been looking, so I couldn't tell you one way. Well, Matt says it's going to be impulse buying, so either they don't make them anymore or he's getting them off eBay. Is he in Canada? I don't think so. I think he's in Connecticut. Oh, okay. Um, hmm. Yeah, I don't know. All right, what do you- that that might be a, a that that might be a a um a scavenger hunt for next week. We we go out and see if we can find some of this candy in our local store. Just kind of spy, spy it out. It might be because I don't think I've seen a zero bar in years. Mm-mm. So Luke Overby at Luke Overby said in in response to our pronunciation section last week, Alanis Morissette mm-hmm. said says figures. Isn't that ironic? <laughs> Actually, no, that's not the definition of ironic at all. That one made me laugh. That's good. Yeah. That really made me laugh because she does say that. It figures. It figures. Yeah. yeah, which I always thought was strange, but maybe that's just, is that a Canadian pronunciation? Uh, maybe. Maybe the person from the Aji's the podcast is actually from Canada. Hmm. Maybe that's what that's all about. Maybe. Uh, Brad Weiss at One Brad Weiss replied to him and said, that's the Canadian pronunciation of irony. (laughs) (laughs) See, there you go. We're on the right path. Absolutely. Um, And here's the is what it is tweet from Matthew Vogel. It is what it is. Always makes me ask, when is it ever not what it is? Which is... (laughs) Which is perfect. Perfect, yep. (laughs) And Smitty Scoop at Smitty Scoop wants to know, Jason, at at the Mm -hmm. 108.05 mark of episode 39, did Jason say... Mm -hmm. If you are going to correct somebody's typos and grammatic mistakes. <laughs> I think I was saying grammatical. Uh-huh. And you, uh, which is... You probably just were pulling out your mumble, your southern mumble. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I was talking too fast and was dropping the ends, dropping syllables at the end. Yeah. Uh, but yes, that's a good catch. Now, remember last week when I asked, should I go to this Willie Nelson concert? Yes. Cool Aunt Claire said, KJ, definitely go to the concert. If you don't, you'll regret it when Willie's gone. And she also said that she's seen Hornsby twice, and he's excellent. Oh, and cool. so and you said Hornsby's going to be there too. Hornsby's right? going to be there, but I look. Yeah. We went online to buy these tickets, and there's nothing but bad reviews for the venue, like where the seats are still available. You can't even see the stage, and so I don't know what to do. No, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, and it's it's Ticketmaster. I mean, Thicket Plaster. Oh. So if I go, what is it like a hundred dollars? It's going to be ridiculously expensive. So I think we're going to end up skipping it. Which I'll probably yeah. will regret, but you even you yeah. have a bad venue, you just it's not worth it to spend that kind of money. No, I agree. Okay, now John Fitzpatrick at FitzJohnP said, in an alternate universe, Barnswallows hosting a tweeting of tangents podcast complain about the scourge of the crazy broom people, which I found was funny. <laughs> See, he's already doing the Bizarro version of yes, speaking he of tangents is. in yeah. one forty. Um, yeah. Patrick Patrick Moffat sent a picture of five guys or five guys. Um, Which five guys? People that we know or the the pop bot. Um, what am I thinking? A cup. A pep. He got a Coke. 
He sent a picture of that, along with this tweet. The payoff of the speaking oh, of ten. Oh, okay. Yeah, I saw this. Yeah. Okay, at at five guys like the restaurant, not just five random guys. That's right. Okay, sorry. Obviously, right. Yeah, obviously, right? The payoff of the Speaking of Tangents bracket challenge. A bacon cheeseburger and an ice-cold cup of victory. Excellent. <laughs> Which is nice to know that you can get all that for five bucks. Yes, that is very good. Victory, I mean, that's usually pretty pricey. Yeah. You got to put a lot of into that. Absolutely. Investment, yeah, it's a high high investment. Now, sh- Often low reward. Yeah, often. Sean Morrissey, at Sean underscore Morrissey, Mm-hmm. said that he had, Speak Tangents was his lawnmower companion this evening. Record scratch during the peanut M&M's moment. See, I'm telling you. I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, well. That's crazy talk. And now I think that's another one for candy corn. Is <laughs> Putting candy corn above peanut M&M's is <laughs> scratch the record a couple of times. He, you're, you're DJing up in this place. You're on the ones and twos. The wheels of steel. Hey, you know what? Cool Aunt Claire, you know, I'm with Cool Aunt Claire on this one. Yeah, and it's not a bad place to be, so yeah, I agree. Speaking of um, lawnmower, Robert Skolnicki yes. in Canada, Winnipeg, I believe, said that it was mowing season around here, and he used the riding mower for the first time last week, and he took a picture of uh, his cell phone with the screenshot of mm-hmm. your album. Awesome. Awesome. I'm telling you. What is Xbox Music, though? Uh, you can buy music through um, Microsoft, I think it is. Oh, he's got a Windows phone. Yep. Probably. Whoa. Well, he's, he's from Canada, right? He's from Canada. Yeah, I think it's more prevalent up in that, you know, outside of the country, those Windows phones. Because they couldn't sell them to anybody in America. And he also sent us a great... <laughs> <laughs> that one almost got by me. Yes. He also sent us a great jingle of Rock and Robin about the um Oh, about your birds. About the barn swallows, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, thank you, Robert. That made me laugh. Um Yes, and I I just I would be remiss if I didn't add the fact that, you know, thank you. I'm glad that it is a lawnmower album to you and yes. also from Sean's tweet, it's a lawnmower podcast, yes. which is Excellent. That is that's high praise right there too. Because to say you know I only pick stuff that I actually want to listen to when I'm mowing the yard. Yeah, yeah. Well, I listen to podcasts when I mow. Yes, same here now. And last but not least, actually one more, and then the last. Todd Takei on okay. Facebook says, "I'm so penultimate, but second to penultimate." Least. Yeah. yeah. Todd Takei, I'm still awaiting the podcast for your elbow. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yep, that that was like good. That. Okay, last lastly, John Fitzpatrick says, "Thanks for the book review speaking of tangents, but I will wait for Lifetime Channel movie version of Bad Boy Rockstar." <laughs> Hashtag #Emotions in arms. <laughs> That's a great one. Yeah. <laughs> emotions in arms. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of uh Bad Boy Rockstar. Yes. Um, and Life Channel, Lifetime Channel Movies. Okay. I decided this week to look up Lifetime Movies and get some reviews for those on Amazon. Oh, boy. This is going to be a first for our podcast. Okay. I'm going to do reviews for multiple items, basically. So we're not going to do just one movie. We're going to do two or three movies. Okay. Okay. Let's start out with um, 
The name of this movie is Murder in My House. (laughs) And it's three stars. Then the review is, Knowing who the murderer was the whole time detracted from the interest and suspense in the (laughs) storyline. Okay. So, I guess that what they're saying is the title of the movie gave it away. Yeah, or that it's a predictable movie. Yes, which, I mean, it's a Lifetime movie. Are you sure this isn't Hallmark? Um, it's it's this is like um the alternate universe hallmark where they hallmark is a little bit more what's the word uh, wholesome they try to be that's true yeah whereas lifetime is goes more like in the scandalous that's true they really direction. do yep so this is scandalous hallmark channel okay um here's the next movie i killed my bff the movie <laughs> Wait, this is a new movie? Or this is the review? Yes, this is another movie. This is a different movie. I killed my BFF, colon, the movie. No way. Is the title of the movie. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, I missed that one. Three stars. Um, the movie was good, but could have been better. Which <laughs> I believe reminded it. Reminded me of, <laughs> proves you can be better without being good. <laughs> yes. From Dylan's jingle uh, about Beck. Yep. Um, and now we move on to another movie, Adopting Terror. Oh my god! Which get out of here. Uh, this is a five star review for Adopting Terror. So I enjoy thrillers like this one. Gets the blood going and keeps you in suspense, even though you may have seen plenty of movies of this type, even on Lifetime. The level of suspense is better. If you like suspenseful movies that do not present themselves as puzzles. Then you enjoy this movie. <laughs> this is, if you like dumb, suspenseful movies, <laughs> Lifetime is for you. Yeah, exactly. If you like um, movies that aren't puzzles, suspenseful movies that aren't puzzles. Which is like, how do you do that? I know. That, that doesn't make sense. No. Okay. Three stars for that one? Three stars for that okay. one. Okay. This is also Adopting Terror. Another review for Adopting Terror. I'm sorry, Adopting Terror. Four stars. Great movie. However, the adopted mother could have played her role more intense. At times, you kind of got the impression that she was imitating her expressions and emotions and it wasn't real. (laughs) It's a movie. She's an actress. actress. (laughs) Possibly not a good one, but uh, come on. It just begs the question of how many people in here think these lifetime movies that are watching these things, do they think they're actually like watching reality? Like reality yeah. TV. Is it real? Which also reality TV, not real. No, not real. Um, another one for adopting terror. Two stars this time. This is good if you are totally bored. <laughs> Which ringing endorsement. Yeah. This is five stars for adopting terror. <laughs> lifetime movies are the best. I am a big fan of Lifetime movies. I knew this was a Lifetime movie before I ordered it. (laughs) I didn't know what it was about until I bought the movie. (laughs) After watching this this morning, I feel happiness to own this. I remember trying to catch this movie on TV each time I heard it was going to be playing. I'm happy I took a chance in ordering it, not knowing what this movie was. Five stars. (laughs) It tells us nothing. This one. Here's a one-star uh, review for Adopting Terror. Okay. I hate adoption because of what it does to real families. <laughs> Which, you realize this is a movie? <laughs> There's another person that thinks it's 
Reality TV. What are they talking about? And finally, five stars. This movie is one surprise after another, very suspenseful. I was definitely throwing a curveball when finding out the child had different parents. The name of the <laughs> movie is adopting, adopting being the key word, terror. Yes. I was Throw throwing a curveball curve when I found out those weren't the child's real parents. <laughs> oh, boy. So, Lifetime movies on Amazon. Um, probably not recommended, but the reviews are hilarious. And the titles and the descriptions are funny, too. So, I highly recommend checking them out. Yeah, read the reviews in Amazon, not the movie. Don't watch the movies. I think <laughs> yeah, the reviews will movies, give you more please. entertainment than the actual movie. Yes. Did you have anything else this week? No, I think, you know, I think we did. Uh, I think we have already put our new abridged podcast to the test. Yes, it's it's bulging at the same. Yeah. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. Speaking of tangents, it's brought to you by KJ Onstead and Jason Fuse. Hosted by Jason Fuse and KJ Onstead. Created by KJ Onstead and Jason Fuse. Music written and performed by Jason Fuse. Lyrics and vocals by K.J. Onstead and Jason Fuse. Edited by Jason Fuse. Craft services provided by K.J. Onstead and Jason Fuse. Speaking of craft services, this week's spread was full of Midwest company food. Like Kemp's Java Chunk Ice Cream. Hands down, the best ice cream ever. Have I mentioned that before? Oh well. Oh, and speaking of Midwest bias, the Minnesota Twins are currently in first place in the AL Central. And in the NL Central, the Cubbies are two games back of first place Milwaukee. In an ironic twist, the Toronto Blue Jays are DFL in the American League East. That figures. Graphics by Jason Fuse. I love snow peas. And I love you.